Today's reading is 1 Samuel 15, 34, uh, verse 15, verse 34 to chapter 6, verse 13. It can be found on page 263 of the Bible's next to your seats, as well as on the screen. This is God's word. Then Samuel left Ramah, but Saul went up to his home in Gibeah of Saul. Until the day Samuel died, he did not go to see Saul again. Though Samuel mourned for him, and the Lord regretted that he had made Saul king over Israel. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. But Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears about it, he will kill me. The Lord said, Take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what to do. You are to anoint, you are to anoint for me the one I indicate. Samuel did what the Lord said. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town trembled when they met him. They asked, Do you come in peace? Samuel replied, Yes, in peace. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come to the sacrifice with me. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed hands, anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things human beings look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse called Ebenadab and had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse then had Shammah pass by, but Samuel said, nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel But Samuel said to him, The Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, Are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse answered. He is tending the sheep. Samuel said, Send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent and had him brought in. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, Rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came on David in power. Samuel then went to Ramah. The word of the Lord. I invite you to pray with me. Our God of grace, we come into this building. It's not a church building, but we're using it for church this morning. And we come from all kinds of scattered, chaotic, um, hurried lives, or maybe we come from some vacation time, or maybe we come from um, having a very peaceful morning. Um, We come with different uh, spiritual stories, too. So whether we enter into here with a story that is marked by pain, disappointment, 
or doubt or fear or depression, or whether we have more positive emotions and experiences that, we, we, that are towards the top of the surface for us today, such as gratitude, joy, um, or just, just a sense of hope. Whatever the case may be, we come and we are seeking in some way for you to be real, for you to speak into our stories. And um, we haven't lost hope if we're sitting here that the words you might have for us might be gracious rather than condemning. The words you have for us might heal rather than wound. So speak to us with words of grace in a way that our lives might be transformed. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. When you think about um, being in a lineup and someone's picking, is that a positive experience for you? Uncomfortable laughter, I'm not sure. You know, you know maybe it takes you back to uh, the playground, picking teams. Some of you are like, I never had a problem with that. Some of you are like, that's, that was, that's the most horrifying memory that you've ever, thanks a lot, Mark, you've just taken me. You know, you've just taken me there. Um, picking. In American Idol, in the show, they have this point where after each contestant sings their song or does their act, then they, they stand there with the host, you know, Ryan Seacrest. And, and then the, the, the number flashes on the screen that you can text your vote for this person, and they kind of stand smiling as the nation decides who they're going to pick. And one after another is brought before uh, the nation. And that's a little bit like what this story feels like. The, the people gathered in Bethlehem, that Samuel has come down to Bethlehem to gather these people for this, they don't know that's what's happening, but that's what's happening. And so each person is brought before Samuel, and he's not picking any of them. He just continues to swipe left <laughs> every time. They didn't have screens or apps back then. You actually had to bring the person in front of you. And, nope. And in verse 6 of chapter 17, I was up here with Mabel, and Mabel uh, she's eight years old, and she found the passage. She found the page that was on. Good job, Mabel. And some of you, maybe you'll have fun finding the page right now still. It's on page 264. And in verse 6, we read this. When, the, when they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab, or Eliab, however you say it. He saw this guy, the oldest son of Jesse, and he thought, Surely the Lord's anointed stands before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things human beings look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. If you're a, if you're a reader who's following the story of Samuel, your mind is supposed to be drawn back a few vignettes to the point at where the first king was chosen in chapter 9, verse 1 and 2, where it says there was a Benjamite, a man of standing, whose name was Kish. You know, man of standing, unfortunate name, maybe. 
whose name was Kish, son of Abiel, the son of Zeror, the son of Bekorath, the son of Aphia, of Benjamin. Kish had a son named Saul, a handsome, as handsome a young man as could be found anywhere in Israel, and he was a head taller than anyone else. Our minds are supposed to be drawn back to that because we know that then in between that announcement of Saul and the point where we are getting to a second anointing ceremony is how Saul turned out. It was a great disappointment, and the readers of Samuel are leaning in, like hoping at this point for a new, good, better king to be anointed as we get into this ceremony with the sons of Jesse being brought before. And so it's important to note what God says. I don't choose the way you choose. Another way that's put in the Bible is in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, which says, But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that were not to nullify the things that are. And so Jesse is saying, no, not that one, not that one. Gets through seven sons. He says, are those all your sons? Are those all your children? And then there's this other one. And interesting that I noticed, it says that they invited all the sons to a consecration ceremony to be consecrated. I don't think this other one was invited. Because it was all, they're all coming, and the sons are all consecrated, and then sacrifice is going to be made. We find out there's another son. He wasn't even consecrated. Whatever that meant. I don't know what that meant. But there's one that wasn't included. It's very important how he's talked about. The whole uh, crux of this passage and of this story and of the whole story of the Bible is, is opened up for us through this one word. So he asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? And this is what Jesse answered. There is still the youngest. There is still the youngest. He is tending sheep. The word youngest, it's kind of a weak, watered-down interpretation of, or translation of the word. The word is hakaton. Let's just have fun saying it together. <laughs> hakaton. You see, it's fun. It's fun. Hakatone. You guys say it over here in the kid area. Can you say hakatone? Hakatone. And you say, am I a hakatone? Hakatone means like smallest. Some translations say smallest. But even better, it has a little bit of a pejorative nature to the word. It may be the best word we can come up with is runt. Like a runt, like the one that's kind of smaller and is less capable. And so Jesse says, ah, oh, the runt, there's still the runt. There might even been, it wouldn't be, uh, it's quite possible there was laughter when he said that. When he said, there's still the hakatone out in the field tending sheep. Samuel says, I don't know, get him, I guess. Get the hakatone. The runt. And then, of course, 
it's David. And of course, he's anointed. So they went and they got him and they brought him in. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him, this is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. Here, I've got a visual aid. He anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came on David in power. Samuel then went to Ramah. Do you know that the beauty of the story and just how it's told is that if you don't really know anything about what comes after this and you're reading this for the first time, you don't know that the Hakaton is David because he's never referred to by his name until after he's anointed. And you notice first he's called Hakaton and then it's just him, he, him, and then finally he's anointed as God's chosen one, and he's called David. Anybody know what David means? Beloved. Oh, David's got his hand up. Uh, what does it mean, David? Beloved, I was right. I was hoping I was right. It means beloved. So God turns the runt, the hakaton, into the beloved. And that's, that's the story of Scripture. When, and God just keeps opening this up for you over and over again if you're familiar with the Bible, that he's in the business of turning hakatones into the beloved chosen ones. Have you been hearing it? Has it sunk in? You know, there was Jacob and Esau, and Jacob was kind of a homebody. He liked to stay in the tents. He was a mama's boy. He cooked. His brother was this big, hairy guy. He was, you know, he was wild at heart. He was a manly man, killing animals and cooking them out on the barbecue. You know, stinky, strong. God chose Jacob and changed his name to Israel, and it became, the, the, God was referred to as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. There's other stories like that all over. You've got Leah and Rachel, the two sisters who became the two wives of Jacob. Rachel's described as gorgeous in Hebrew, basically, and her sister is described as, in some way, um, the Bible says she had weak eyes, which is some kind of uh, idiom for not very attractive. And God chose Leah, through which the line of David and eventually Jesus would come. And you just keep going like this, and the Bible opens this up for you. It's like knocking on your head. Are you ever going to get it? This is how God works. When Jesus came and picked 12 to follow him, it was this ragtag, motley crew of like blue-collar simpletons mixed with financial shystery people that were untrusted. And that was his apostles. God takes the hakatone and says, you're my beloved. 
So let's just let's just finish this by. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and just enter into this a little bit. So if you will, close your eyes, and I want you to just imagine this young shepherd boy, the Hakatone David, out in the field. Once again, he has not been included. I want you to let the Holy Spirit find connections between you and the Hakatone out in the field. How does that connect with you and your story? Not allowed at the grown-up table. Feelings of inferiority. (coughs) Imperfection abounds. It seems like the others are strong. Someone, you know, you've got ideas of who other people who are really making it, who are really significant. Wish you could be. Hakatone. Is that you? Is God connecting you to that person in the field a little bit? And then, and then realize that in those spaces that you just went to, where you are the hakatone, that God is going to call you from exactly there. In fact, if you're going to go through life denying your connection to the hakatone, you're going to keep missing You're not going to be in the place where God wants to reach you and call you home to anoint you as His beloved. Because you can open your eyes now if you haven't already. Because we are all more hakatone than we care to admit. And we're all more David than we ever dreamed. And that's the story of the gospel. We close with Eugene Peterson who says this, Because David was out of the way and mostly ignored as he tended the sheep, nobody had thought to bring him to Bethlehem that day. Yet David was chosen, chosen and anointed. Chosen not for what anybody saw in him, not his father, his brothers, not even Samuel, but because of what God saw in him. Throughout my childhood, I became David. I was always David. I'm still David. It's the intent and skill of this scriptural storyteller to turn everyone who reads or hears this story into realizing something essentially Davidic about him or herself. In my insignificant sheep-keeping obscurity, I am chosen. Let us pray. Our dear God, may we know that we have been chosen as unlucky recipients of your anointing love. Maybe we look at our baptism that way. Help us to, as we understand our role in our identity as the beloved. Help us to cast aside our schemes of significance because they're flimsy, they're petty, they're empty, they're deceptive, they're shallow, they're disappointing, and they're dishonest. And give us eyes for the hakatone around us. 
May we know so much that we are beloved, that we're not operating out of the agitation of insignificance, but we're operating out of the joy of being filled with significance as your beloved. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.